0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of It's Personal. If you haven't checked out the last episode on this channel, you might want to do so. This is part two of a series with Donalyn Miller. On this episode, we talk about more books. Let's get into it. It's about to get personal
1: to it personal personal just got personal Gary and I just got personal it's personal,
0: it's personal. my name is Derek Bourne my name is Cornelius minor
1: hi, my name is Val Brown this personal. is Nick hi I'm Donalyn Miller well, I had a student named Padma who was an English language learner student to my class she was very shy But we started blogging and she was the best blogger we had and she would write these detailed book reviews that went on, they were funny, Mm -hmm. she always had some kind of cleverness to her writing. And I talked to her about that because she probably said two sentences a day Mm -hmm. in class. It was just so totally different. And -hmm. what she told me was that, you know, she was still struggling with English and she said, when I have all, when I have time to mm-hmm. sit and think in my head what I want to say, then mm-hmm. I can say it. So mm-hmm. she liked being able to be on the blog and like have all the time to write that mm-hmm. she wanted. Standing up in front of the class or speaking in a mm-hmm. conversation still made her feel uncomfortable. It was, mm-hmm. it, I think those opportunities let kids shine in ways they might not otherwise get to.
0: They do, they do. And then on that other side, it's like allowing them, putting them in positions to be successful. Like that's what they like to do. Blog, okay, let them blog. Like. They wanna, I, 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 love, I love teaching two standards, but I love having the freedom to kinda change whatever, however I get there for the kid. Um, that's the part that excites me the most because all kids, all of them are gonna be different. Um, and giving that freedom to do a podcast or do a blog or do a paper or do a storybook, that's the part that excites me because it pushes me as a teacher as well. To make sure that is so personalized for them, so they're able to succeed. Um, that's the part that I love about teaching so much.
1: Me too. It's yeah. past the standard, Gary. It, it is. Going past the it is. Yeah. Um,
0: it totally is. Yeah. It totally but
1: uh, also, just what a blessing it is for us to be their teachers. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't think I, of any
1: better way to spend a life.
0: Yeah, I, I, I truly love being in the classroom, and like you know the feeling, like of there's times and moments where teachers are expected to be in the classroom and like you have to be on like you have to be yep. ready to go regardless of what is going on in the outside world and you, you feel it on the inside like oh my gosh like this is happening i'm thinking about it. and then a the kid walks in they don't know but they're just like super excited to see you and mm-hmm. it's like a hug or an expression and it changes everything it's a it's a phenomenal feeling it really really is yeah it really,
1: really it, is. did you just start a new school year because so, you had the long break over the winter, yes?
0: Yeah, I had a long break, so we're going into our second semester. Um, okay. Me and my wife are actually moving next year to our third school. I know. <laughs>
1: Another country, it's a different country?
0: We're going to um, Manila in the Philippines next year um, at the International School of Manila. Um, we're excited. I think it's, you know, like you said, it's one of those, t- like, we just got married about a year ago. Um, we just, again, only been into two schools, and we feel like it's a great time to move if you're going to move. Um, and we have friends there as well, so.
1: Same hemisphere.
0: Same hemisphere.
1: <laughs> back in the same hemisphere, at least.
0: Yes, not much of you, a time you, difference. <laughs> do
1: you have family back in the States?
0: I'm um, actually from Canada, so I have-
1: From Canada, um, so you have family back in Canada? I have
0: family back in Canada. Um, I'm from Nova Scotia. Um, most of my family live in Nova Scotia now I have a handful of of relatives that live in the states some in South Carolina in like Spartanburg area Um, a handful that live in Virginia and my wife is from Toronto and she has most of her family there but she grew up or she was born in um, Nairobi so um,
1: Well, I've noticed all your placements have been tropical (laughs) (laughs) so is this is this you rejecting your Canadian
0: You know what, I'm upbringing. Um,
1: <laughs> You're moving to places that I'm, don't see snow.
0: I'm not, you know what, I, I don't mind the snow. Uh, my wife is just, she doesn't enjoy the snow at all. I love like the fall. I love the like cool breeze. You can wear like the sweater, but you can also wear the shorts if you want to together. Um, I miss that like a, to- a lot. Um, Singapore is just it's just humid and hot all the time all the time time. yeah so
1: that sounds like quite an undertaking just packing up and moving across the world but yeah
0: it will be uh doing it for the second second time now it'll be a little bit easier hopefully but it's one of those things right now where you don't really have time to think about because the school year is so busy um and so we're coaching we're doing after school activities and things are happening like you, there's things that you're anticipating and it's not moving like moving is almost like the last thing that you're thinking about unfortunately because it will come and smack you in the face eventually
1: and you'll be like oh my gosh and i've got two weeks and uh, i <laughs> exactly. It, Do you work for an international school network then? So are you moving in the same organization Um, to a different school or?
0: Different school and the, I guess, I always think about it as conference because I I coach basketball and it's still in like the same like conference. So it's like a pocket of schools, which they call like IASIS schools. And they're just very large schools in Southeast Asia. And um, I'll still be in that kind of um, realm of of schools. And I think with that, it'll be good because we still will be able to see see a lot of our friends from Singapore. Oh, good. Um, And a lot of the the curriculum and stuff will stay the same. And uh, the teaching, mind you, I'm not exactly sure, but I feel like the teaching will be very similar um, as well. So I'm excited. I'm really, really excited, yeah. And
1: you're brushing up on your Spanish.
0: Well, you know what, I wish. (laughs) 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 the crazy part is every time i've moved um it's you pick up little things um and it's more of the um small phrases or the little puns or whatever it is but you it's so hard to really dial in because me being just an english speaker everything sounds so fast and you're trying to pick it up and you're like okay i have no idea what you're saying but (laughs) um over time you do start to understand over time
1: did you take any languages in college or high school
0: no you know i did french through high school just because it was no sorry up until high school because it was mandatory and was one of those things that i wish going back and i'll tell everyone i wish i would have at least took it a little bit serious just Mm -hmm. so i had a better understanding of it because a lot of people that i talk to that know french tend to be able to pick up other languages or understand other languages a little bit better. Um, So I don't know French, um, but I wish I would have. And I tell, it gets crazy being in international school where you have kids that come in, they're like, yeah, I can speak four different languages. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Thank you. I can speak one very well.
1: (laughs) But, you know, some of that comes from our continent, though. You know, the continent where we were we're born does not really promote bilingualism. I mean, Canada does a better, a little bit better job yeah. than the state, the United States does. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you're growing up in Asia or Europe or mm-hmm. you got to learn. You do mm-hmm. other languages. I imagine just because you encounter people yeah, more frequently.
0: You do. And they have the kids get to go to Mandarin or Spanish and they go to those, even though some of them come in already speaking, their native tongue, English, which is supposed to be their second language, um, but they can all they can all speak at least four or five different languages, which is just That's like
1: amazing.
0: amazing. it's unbelievable. And um, what
1: what how beneficial that will be to them as they go through their they, lives?
0: I don't think they have any idea. Mm-hmm. I, they're too little. But I think once they get into like high school and they start getting the workforce a little bit, it's gonna be it's going to be a shoe-in for a lot of jobs like you can speak more languages that's all we need (laughs) we'll (laughs) work around everything else (laughs) that's exciting for them yeah it's really really exciting Danielle, I have just a few more questions for you okay um okay as an author and someone who I would say is um very successful author what are some of your like weaknesses like what are some things that you feel like you need to work on
1: as a writer or as a human? Let's do both. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm 51, so I'm old compared to you. And so um, not. I find myself intolerant of things. Mm. I think some of it has to do with my age and that a lot of stuff I used to put up with in my 20s and 30s, I just don't anymore. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, I'm more may perhaps outspoken when I shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opinions are always just right out there in the mm-hmm. forefront mm-hmm. maybe that's refreshing for people I don't know mm-hmm. I, I sometimes feel like some of my interactions online imply to me that maybe it's not as welcome as I think it is so that's probably something I need to work on mm-hmm. like not feeling the need I don't always have to be the one with the answer I don't always have to have an opinion you mm-hmm. know that that's Or if I can, it's okay to keep those to myself Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a weakness. As a writer, I'm a very lazy writer. (laughs) I'm very lazy. Like, I'm the kind of person that will go on, I will write a paragraph, and then I will spend two hours on the internet looking for research to support what I just wrote. (laughs) That is awesome. Really bad. (laughs) I'm really so lazy. Like, the worst part is the, like, I, the self-talk that has to take place sometimes, just go get the computer, Lynn. just go turn it on. Just turn it on. That's the hardest part. If you turn it on, then you'll be ready. Like this is the conversation that I had to have with myself. And then I have these crazy bursts of productivity where I've got like pencils in my hair and I'm, my husband's bringing me coffee and I'm furiously like burning out 3000 words. I don't, you get this orderly vision of a writer. It is so, at least for me, not true. And every writer I know is the same. Like, I know very few people who sit down dutifully. Penny Kittle probably does, but she's amazing. Um, Sits down every day, 20 minutes every day, you know, and then eventually, six months from now, they have a book or something. Mm. I am not like that. For me, it is a lot of floundering and then a lot of work while crying at the end.
0: Are you doing? Are you doing? other they like can do you have to be like computer table no distractions no background music no tv like do you have to be in your little bubble or do you need things around when you're doing that work
1: you know when i wrote the book whisper and reading in the wild i wrote both of those books sitting cross-legged on my bed at uh, home uh-huh. and listening to my music mm-hmm. both of them mm-hmm. but i also felt like i was disconnected from my family for months at a time during those projects mm-hmm. like I remember my youngest daughter, Sarah, she's nine, she's 20. She just turned 20. I remember her popping her head in the, in the bedroom and she had her phone and she took a photo of me sitting there with like piles around me. And she goes, this is how I will remember you. I'm like, oh, this is, this is so sad. right?" So I told myself with Game Changer and I'm working on a book with Terry Lassane right now too. Mm-hmm. I told myself with the other two books, I'm like, no, you've got to figure out how to get this writing in and still mm-hmm. have your life with your Mm -hmm. family you can't Mm -hmm. just go off and like a hermit anymore so Game Changer I tried to write it in the living room a little bit you know maybe while the TV was on hanging out with the family oh in the dining room over here tried to do that more naturally Mm -hmm. there was still a lot of you know sitting there with the earbuds in just cranking it out because that Mm -hmm. is what the writing does
0: yeah and I think it is to really get your thoughts out it's hard I don't know I'm sure there are people that can do it Mm -hmm. but I would love to know how that is possible for them when there's distractions or people or someone talking to you like how do you really articulate yourself when someone's trying to have a conversation with you or um the tv's on and like i don't know i i just i've never seen it i'm sure there's people that can do it but it sounds difficult very very difficult
1: uh, Jeff Zentner I don't know if you know his books over there but Jeff Zentner is a young adult author over here and he's a lawyer and he rides the bus to work and he wrote two books on his phone oh on the bus so I hear him tell that story at a conference and I'm like you are a slacker Donald you can get it together like just, just working yourself up to go turn the computer on it's embarrassing you need to get in there Jeff Sender wrote two books on his phone, come on. I know, complete novels. But uh, you know, I know people that can ride on planes, that can do that kind of work, I just can't. And when I'm writing about kids, especially, Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to be home. Mm -hmm. There's something about writing about kids that's vulnerable Mm
0: -hmm. to me. Mm
1: -hmm. I want to be in my house, I want to be in my office with all my pictures of my students and all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really important. And it's, I think, just like our students, like you, they want to be comfortable. They want to have their little nook. They want to be under a little cover. They want, like, it's the exact same, we're the exact same way.
1: (laughs) Well, do you, I mean, have you figured out a process that works for you?
0: I do, like, I'm not. um, I, like, my, I always tell people, like, if I could, um, in my second life, I would just, like, I like to draw a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always a big doodler. I enjoy just like getting my thoughts down through art or sketches. And I'm, that's, I'm similar to you. I need the headphones in. Um, I need music playing. I can't do anything. I'm not a, I don't like really watch TV. Like I watch basketball once in a while. Um, but I can't really, I can't do work in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. I need to be in my little like room, mm-hmm. headphones, music, and the computer or my canvas. And I just, mm-hmm. then that's when I get to work. Mm-hmm. If there's any little distraction, it throws me off. Like <laughs> I have to flip my phone over, I have to turn turn the volume down. I can't, like I just have to really like go off the grid a little bit because I, yep. it's hard for me to get back. Very, very hard for me to get back because I get so distracted very, very quickly, so.
1: Well, the shiny world, the, the internet is out there, you know.
0: Exactly.
1: And there are people that would be happy to talk to us. And... Yeah, there's all you can, always, you, can always <laughs> you can always find somebody to talk to. to, talk to.
0: <laughs> it's so dangerous.
1: <laughs> it really is. So oh gosh, there's this article going around. I did not read it. This was my gift to myself. I did not read the article. So I'm judging it only by the headline. But it was uh, talking about how you could read 200 books a year In the time that you spend on the
0: internet,
1: oh no! What I already read hundreds of books a year. I'm doing okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what does that say about you? If you're already reading (laughs) a (laughs)
1: hundred, and spending all that time on the internet, okay. Clearly, I need to spend more time (laughs) writing. I don't know. That's all right. I'm I'm terrible. Like people will talk to me about TV shows, and I have no clue what they're talking about.
0: I, I I don't know either. My wife can she reads a lot of books because she's. Um, she's a phenomenal teacher and she knows every book before she gets it to a kid. She's can, she just knows it inside out.
1: This just points to me that, you know, we talk all the time about a process, the writing process, it's a process, right? It's whatever process gets it done. So whatever Mm -hmm. process you need, this is what I think we need to help kids better with Mm -hmm. is like, how are we helping kids find their own processes? Mm -hmm for getting the writing done. Your own process is for getting reading done because mm-hmm. you know, your process might be different from mine, but we still managed to get it done, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I don't know,
1: well, how do we help kids find that?
0: I, I agree. And I think, how do we, I think how do we continue to show them strategies to let them know like, hey, this is an option. This is some, another option. You don't have to do this. This is just another way. Um, because, like you said, kids, if they see you do something, they're going to want to do the same thing. Like, how do you help them understand that, hey, you have to do whatever you feel is best for you. Um, and I think it's a, it's a journey for them. And they kind of hope, you hope that they continue to get that teaching as they go through. Because often what happens is the next year's teacher is a little bit different and the next year's teacher is a little bit different. So um, you just kind of have to hope and see that they actually have that um, idea in mind of this is who I am as a learner and I'm willing to share with you um, my teacher of this is how I learned and I need to learn this way.
1: Well, and just to be able to give kids that sense of empowerment where they can express mm-hmm. and verbalize who they are as a mm-hmm. learner, how can we even lead them to that place because mm-hmm. I don't know that I could verbalize that when he I was not,
0: 10. I could not, for sure, yeah, I could
1: not. Here's what I do know, I don't want to sit next to him. Learning <laughs> will not happen if you <laughs> let me sit here. I might have been able to say that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I knew, I 100% knew who I shouldn't sit next to, who I didn't want to sit next to. Um, I didn't know how I was going to get the notes down, if I was going to remember them, but I could tell you the exact same thing that you said, like. Know where I, I know where I want to sit. That's for sure. That's
1: where <laughs> but, I want to sit. Yeah. So, were you chatty in school? I, or wasn't you, super were sure. you I was super quiet.
0: I was really quiet, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't ask a lot of questions. So sometimes, especially in university, where I was like really, really shy, um, there was a lot of courses I didn't pass because I just I try to I would listen. I take notes. I go home and then I try to dissect my notes. Then i wouldn't ask any questions until my second and third year where i was like you know what i still want to play basketball and i also want to do well in school i just need to get over that fear of like talking to my professor and figuring out And i'll never forget there's a professor that i had and i went over to and i was like i have a really hard time with multiple choice like i just i get mixed up i'm not sure what the answer is i feel like i know the answer but i just don't know and she's like okay i'll just take off some of the multiple choice i'm like like, what? And she's like, yeah, I'll just take some of them off and I'll add more short answer. I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, like, that's it. Like that, if that will help you. And she literally took off more than half of the multiple choice questions and she added in more short answer questions. I was like, hold, like you've, she literally changes the whole exam just for me. And I was like, that, that moment was like, wow. Um, it took me this long to be able to talk to a teacher and ask for help. And this is like the service that I'm getting. So I always think about that when I'm in the classroom with my kids as well, just listening and trying to meet their needs as much as possible.
1: Well, you know, Uh, I tell my daughters, I said, you know, part of, about 10% of your success in school, I think it might be more, I'm making mm -hmm. up a statistic, but uh, it's learning to play the game of school, Mm -hmm. learning how to navigate school, this thing we call school, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's another. Other piece I think where we can really help our our kids is that our students is that uh figuring out that navigating of school and yeah. oh I can go up and just talk to a teacher that's mm-hmm. something that I'm allowed to do and yeah and also curious to me you know how in your upbringing you got to this place where you didn't feel like you could talk to your teachers yeah. That's I, it, you know you probably maybe didn't start that well
0: no I think it I was always, the funny part is I think for me as a, I was always like, I always played sports and I was always a different person when I played sports, uh, played basketball, baseball, volleyball. And I was, I like would literally almost transform Like I wasn't, I was like really aggressive, um, very vocal, uh, and then in the classroom, I wouldn't say anything. And I think it was that fear of being wrong. And there had to been some moment I feel when I was in grade three or four where I was either called out or asked a question that I didn't know and felt embarrassed. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what kind of like shut me down. And I was like, that feeling I just never want to have again. So I'm gonna hide. Never have it again. I'm -hmm. gonna do whatever I can to avoid. Um and I think it just stayed with me all the way up until university, which is scary. Um, just thinking about how did I make it out that far and I think it was just you find those strategies, right? You you do what you have to to survive (laughs) in in those in those classes.
1: There's an ownership piece too, right? Where you're taking ownership of Mm -hmm. your learning and saying, "Okay, look, what I've been doing is not working and Mm -hmm. I want to be successful. So Mm -hmm. what do I imagine that looks like for me? Okay, Mm -hmm. well, I'll have to confront this fear because this fear is greater.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like
1: i I don't want to flunk out of school, I want mm-hmm. to keep playing basketball. I want to get my my diploma, my degree. Mm-hmm. That fear is more than this fear mm-hmm. of going up and talking to my teacher-
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's basically what it is like you have like you don't have a choice right now mm-hmm. right? and and both of these choices have consequences, so you can not go see your teacher and you can flunk out and not play basketball or you can go we'll have a conversation
1: she won't eat you
0: <laughs> she will not
1: <laughs> she will not eat you.
0: <laughs> she will not
1: <laughs> there's always that one that you think might though <laughs> it is and that's and again i
0: think that's how t- kids feel that way like they honestly feel that teachers are gonna like rip them apart if they ask questions and they don't want those questions to like sound stupid or um they're they don't want to just feel ashamed. That feeling is just an awful feeling that sticks with them for such a long time. Um,
1: I think that it fosters underachievement in some kids too because they're afraid to put themselves out there or take chances because the feedback they've received on being wrong Mm-mm. is so punitive. Mm-hmm. For whatever, whatever the stakes are for them, whether it's embarrassment or shame mm-hmm. or a teacher that does call them out in some way that we would hope no teacher ever would, mm-hmm. you know, those things, kids internalize that.
0: You do. Yeah. And then
1: you see kids not taking risks, not trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the grades that we've taught the most, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth mm-hmm. grade, you know, they even starting in, with your second graders. Yeah. We start to see that shift, right? Mm-hmm. Where you start to see kids start to play it safe more and more.
0: Sure. There's a great book that I always like literally look at all the time from um like responsive classroom and it's called Yard Sticks. And it just Yep.
1: Oh, it, I love that book. It's yeah.
0: amazing. Like it literally just lays out the developmental stages, what like I think all parents that have kids who are going through the system of schooling, like It is so evident when you look at it, you're like, wow, this is why they're having friendship problems. Like this is why they need jokes or playtime or whatever the case, it's all right there. And it really puts things in perspective because sometimes, um, and I'll say it because I feel like internationally, especially um, because that's all I know, there's a high expectation for, for kids, but at the same time, like they're not ready for what you're asking them to do, or the expectations that you have of them. Um, developmentally, they're not there yet, um, and to see it written there can be very, very powerful. Very, very powerful.
1: Or well, uh, being able to share that with parents too. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, I, 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 I totally agree with you. But I could talk to you forever.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I feel the same, but it's like midnight there, isn't it? I know. Don't you need to go to sleep? <laughs>
0: Ms. Miller, talk a little bit more just about where people can find you, um, you where we can find your book, the title of your book, um, and maybe if there's anything next in the horizon as well. Um, we'd love to hear about that as well.
1: Well, you can find blog on a regular basis for the Nerdy Book Club blog, which is the blog that Colby Sharp and I started years ago, and we run it with our friends Cindy and Catherine now. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, my Tweet ID is Donalyn Books. I tried to get the Book Whisperer as my Tweet ID, but mm-hmm. someone else was using it. And this was nine years ago, so uh-huh. every six months I go online, they don't Tweet from it. Every six months I go online and report mm-hmm. them to Twitter, and nine years I've been waiting. So I'm just going to be taught. you know, if you ever, does that ever happen to you, you go Tharn, like uh-huh. I have no no ideas now for an
0: mm-hmm.
1: ID. Uh-huh. Um, I. Um, I'm traveling quite a bit this year, speaking at quite a few conferences here in the United States and Canada, but I'm working on my fourth book with my friend Terry Lassane, And Dr. Lassane is a professor in the Library Sciences Department at Sam Houston State University. She's probably trained about a third of the librarians in the state of Texas over her career. And so we're writing a book about reading joy and Mm -hmm. how we have killed the joy of reading for children, and we have killed the joy of reading instruction for Mm -hmm. reading teachers. Wow. And uh, that joy should not be seen as something as frivolous Mm -hmm. when related to literacy, but it's something that's vital for engagement Mm -hmm. to take place.
0: Wow. Wow. And is there a date or anything roughly?
1: Well, Terry and I are meeting this weekend. We're going to be at a conference together, so we'll talk about it more. But I think I'm hopeful that we'll have it all ready. Uh, We're about ready to send it to our editor again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it'll be out this time next year. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part of the podcast. I really feel honored.
0: Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you.